We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. All right, welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Toby, as we tape this, it is pouring in Goldsby, Oklahoma. Pouring <laughs> right now. Um, uh, you might even hear the thunder and lightning in the back. I, now, I know you've got an axe and a chainsaw. I do. I so do. you could start work on an arc if you need to. I, I'm starting to worry. I've never seen this, and I, you know, I just – I finally got my water levels right. You know, the salt level was good on the pool, which I still don't know what I'm doing. And now it's pouring outside. So <laughs> you're just bad luck. But, hey, quick podcast today because we got a cool, full press conference interview with Lincoln Riley. And we're – I say interview, press conference with Lincoln Riley. And we start our position previews later tonight with Jamarco Murray and the running backs and Jamar Kane and the outside backers tomorrow. But we're we getting- got all kinds of content coming up. Sooner fans. Oh, we're aggregating like crazy around here. Aggregating. (laughs) I'm I'm taking every little thing I can from Sooner Vision, and I'm just putting it all right here on the podcast platform, and we appreciate it. But so, what what mode do you get in, Toby? Three weeks out? Are are you breaking out the spotter boards yet? What's what's kind of next in the process for the voice to get ready for the season? No spotter boards yet. That'll be a a game week thing because you always want. I mean, I don't know if anybody cares about this kind of stuff, but just since since you asked, um, a lot of people hire out to have their spotter boards made. There are companies that will make them for you, really, and either either ship them to you or send them to you by you know the files so you can print them out yourself. Uh, I like to make my own because it puts it in my brain better. You know gotcha. if. If you enter, if I enter the data, numbers, names, heights, weight, and statistics, and all that kind of stuff, if I enter it myself, 
it sticks in my brain a little better than if somebody else just types it up and hands it to me for, the, for me to read. So if I put it together three weeks out, I'm not going to remember it as well on game day as if I put it together on game week. So that will be very much a, a game week thing out of necessity, not out of uh, procrastination because I really want to get after it now. Like I, <laughs> I'm, I'm itching to sit down and start, you know, doing some prep work now, but I know if I do it now, I won't remember it as well as if I, if I wait a couple of weeks. So, I mean, I think I'm like everybody else right now. We're starting sure. to, we're, we're starting to ramp up the interviews and, and jumping on other people's shows around the country. And you're doing a show every two hours on some, someplace. So we're staying busy. We've got some, we've got some hosting duties this month. There's a lot of preseason banquets and, and things going on for us to be a part of, but as far as getting ready for the football season goes, I mean, we're just keeping our ear to the ground as far as what's coming out of fall camp, uh, hanging on every word that players and coaches give us in these media availabilities to try to get a hint for, oh, that, that you know, I wonder that must mean this guy's playing well or that must mean <laughs> that guy's got an edge to start at this position. Um, every once in a while, Teddy will hear a tidbit or Gabe will hear a tidbit. It's just it's a feeding frenzy for information right now because pretty much everything is taking place behind, uh, behind closed doors. So that's it. Uh, just keeping your fingers crossed that everybody can stay healthy and counting down the days until we're in New Orleans. I, I have one thing I like to hear out of camp. And I know this isn't very popular because everyone loves practice reports and things of that nature. You know what I love to hear out of camp? Silence. Because yes. usually the only time you hear something out of camp is when someone is hurt. And I know that's not yeah. good. Let's for... don't even talk about it. Let's, right. let's don't even talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, hey, listen, we got Lincoln coming up, so I won't keep you too terribly long, but two things, right? Number one, is is there a position battle or because there there's so much depth on this team defensively. I think we're looking at what? One of the corner spots potentially, even though it Gosh, you've got in Woody Washington and Jaden Davis and DJ Graham. They've all looked great. We've been intrigued by Joshua Eaton and Justin Harrington in that mix, too. I, I don't even, they're all going to play, right? So defensively, I don't know if there is this fight about, you know, who's winning a certain battle since everyone's going to play. They want to play so many guys. But, Toby, is there a battle either offensively or defensively that you're really tuned into right now? No, I think you're right. I, I am intrigued to know exactly, you know, what the secondary is going to look like. But I do think we're going to see a lot of guys, regardless of who's first is out there. Uh, same on the defensive line, same at linebacker. So there are, uh, I think nickel is an interesting spot. I think it's going to be Jeremiah Crudell, but, but maybe Billy Bowman pushes in there. So there's a lot of interesting spots on defense, but we're probably going to see them all. It's the positions where, when you get a start, you're in that are the most intriguing to me. And so I think that right side of the offensive line is the spot for me that I'm really um, eager to see how it plays out. You know, I, I, I feel like the left side is, is going to be uh, Rame, Hayes and Harrison. I think Anton Harrison's going to be the left tackle. Don't know that for sure, but I, I feel good that Andrew Rame's going to be the center. Uh, those are kind of the clues we're getting anyway. And Marquise Hayes, obviously, at left guard. And, and Anton Harrison, my hunches, is going to be the left tackle. But how does the right side of that offensive line uh, play out? That's, that's, I mean, that's big-time stuff. That's a battle. 
Tyrese Robinson's probably going to be one of the two names there. But is he at guard or is he at tackle? And depending on where he ends up, what does that mean for the other position? So um, of the many battles, that's probably the most intriguing to me just to see who runs out there first on the right side of that offensive line. I think the wide receiver spots are interesting as well. Uh, Those will be similar to the defense in that we're going to see some rotation there. Even if a Mario Williams doesn't start, we know he's going to play. You know, we know he's going to get some some attempts. Even if, uh, I don't know, uh, Theo Weiss or Jaden Hayes or Wood or Mike Williams, whoever it is, if they don't start, they're probably going to rotate in and play and get a chance. So for me, the most intriguing battle is going on on the right side of that offensive line. And then finally, it's funny, you were talking about like doing radio hits and different interviews and legit. Right before you and I started taping, I was on with a, a station in Vegas, and they asked me about whom everyone asks about, right? Spencer. The Raiders? Well, I brought up the Raiders because you know me. I have to bring them up in every interview and every show in some way, shape, or form. Um, they weren't very happy with me when I brought up Derek Carr. I don't know why. But Spencer Rattler, I get the question a lot. Hey, is, is, is he ready to take that next step? And I keep going back to what Lincoln said, right? He's had a full off season. He hasn't really truly had that. Last year was COVID. The year before, he came in, you know, in summer. It played basketball, and by the time he got there, we're getting Jalen Hurts up to speed. So I, what we saw last year I thought was a guy that improved every single week and has a ton of momentum this offseason and a, has had a full offseason, T-Rose. So I'm really excited about the next step that Spencer Rattler can take. What about you? Well, we're all just in this preseason prediction mode, so it's a guessing game. Nobody can speak anything with certainty. And if they act like they can, then, you know, you should be leery of them. But all we have to go on is what history has shown us. And what history has shown us, quarterbacks under Lincoln Riley that have had a year to either sit and watch and develop or play and develop get not incrementally better as they go, but take giant leaps year to year. Now, Emory, that worked. That was the case for Baker Mayfield. That was the case for Kyler Murray. Jalen Hurts did not sit in the system for a year, but Spencer Rattler got to watch him. And I think it paid huge dividends last year when he did get to play. And by the end of the season, last season, He was tremendous. I mean, well, well before the end of the season, but I'm saying he got better and better as the year went along. So if history is our teacher, then this kid getting uh, a year to learn under Jalen Hurts, a year to learn himself in the middle of the tornado and an entire off season now, I mean, I put, I would, I would bet on Spencer Rattler having a big year. Yes. I love it. I, I think the kid is – he's got all the tools. Uh, he's got the best quarterback coach in America. And he showed a level of mental maturity last year that was very impressive. You add all that up, and I think Spencer Rattler, for good reason, is the Heisman front runner going into this year. Love it. Toby, have a great rest of your day, man. We'll talk to you next week. Chris, good luck gathering up the giraffes and rhinoceroses. <laughs> it's pouring still. The ark out there. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's nonstop. Talk to you later, Toby. Right. See you, bud. All right, as promised, 
the head football coach of the University of Oklahoma. He is Lincoln Riley. Did you talk about your scrimmage a little bit? You went at night, which was you know pretty unique and pretty cool. Um, could you talk about this, you know what you what you thought of it and any big plays or anything that stood out to you? Yeah, it was good. It was the first time that we've gotten under the lights with the guys. I'm able to create a. Pretty good atmosphere. Hit it on a beautiful night too, so uh, was good uh, to change it up. We've been practicing, you know, almost exclusively in the morning, so trying to you know, get guys used to the, you know, obviously getting up early and preparing for some of the 11 a.m. games, and and then the flip side, getting in the stadium, getting under the lights, and preparing for some of the, the night games that'll be on be here down the line. So it was it was good. It was pretty competitive. Uh, offense started out. Pretty quick, um, and then uh, defense certainly kind of responded in the kind of the middle back half. Uh, so ended up over on the day being very, very back and forth, which has honestly been about how the entire camp has gone. It's just been kind of each side just trading shots. There hasn't really been a lot of sustained dominance, I would say, by either side. So the, as coaches, you've appreciated the competitiveness. Um, you know, it was a chance, I think, to get some of these young guys under the lights for the first time, um, and a lot of them did well. There were some... It's a little bit different down there. Uh, it can feel a little bit different, so I think our guys will learn from it as we lead into the next scrimmage and certainly the um, and certainly the games. But yeah, I mean there were there were some really nice big plays on both sides of the ball. Um, there was a lot of a lot of explosive plays offensively and a lot of explosive plays defensively. Uh, wasn't any turnovers in the scrimmage. Uh, a lot of sacks. I think there was. Uh, I think the defense had six or seven sacks. Um, Again, offense had, especially early in the scrimmage, had a number of explosive plays. So, a lot of good, a lot of correct. Uh, we also got a lot of great special teams uh, live work as well. Injury uh, pretty good. Only guy's nicked up for us right now. Ryan Peoples uh, uh, has an ankle injury. He'll miss the rest of camp and potentially the first part of the season. But there are uh, a couple other nicks and bruises, but nothing else substantial right now. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Or have they been through the process enough? They know what to expect. Well, you do. I mean, it's it's a fine line because you want it to, you want it to mean a lot to these guys, and you know you you work, you know, so hard throughout the year to be ready for camp and be ready to, to compete to play. And so you, you want them to take it personal, but at the same time, they've got to be ready to to continue to move on. And one thing we stress to our guys, whether it's an old guy or a young guy, is. That's you know that's part of our evaluation process. We probably evaluate you harder, and and pay more attention after something hasn't gone your way, whether it's a you know from day to day or even from one play to the next, because 
again, at this level of ball, nothing's going to be perfect. And we want the guys that respond. We want the guys that are finishers and guys as a coach that you know no matter what happens, you're going to get their very best play after play after play. And so you know, we preach that. It's obviously easier said than done. Um, and I would say right now we do have a, a core of veteran uh, slash you know, leadership uh, type players that that do that pretty well and that certainly have been instrumental in helping our young guys understand the importance of it. Yeah, Lincoln, following up on something you said in that first answer to James, you talked about the practice scheduling. Uh, what were the benefits of, of sticking with the, the daytime morning practices once you get into the season? Why did you make that change? And uh, you know, were there any challenges, uh, especially with like academic schedules, things like that? Yeah, no, it was something we had talked about doing for years, and um, you know, we made the decision to do it well before COVID took over last year. It's, it takes a lot of a lot of planning to to get it done, certainly on the academic side, and getting guys' schedules shifted more towards an afternoon-based schedule. Uh, but just when we looked at the week, we thought, I think the biggest thing for us that we felt like was it was a chance to maybe just bring them up here one time a day. You know, typically our evening practice schedules when we did that previously it's fine and probably in some ways maybe a little bit better for coaches because you had the mornings to prepare but what we found out is unless you wanted to you know it was tough to get the practice lift meetings all that done in a block in the evening so typically they would come up in the mornings get any type of lift work out whatever was going on class and then back up here and you just when you look through the entire season it's just a those hours add up and those, the, you know, coming back and forth up here over and over when you're trying to be as efficient as you possibly can be. And this allowed us to do more kind of one-stop shopping, you know, where guys are be able to come up here, get everything done in the mornings. If they have time in the afternoons and want to come back up on their own, that's certainly their choice, but they can get every required thing done for us uh, in the morning. So it's been good. I think our guys have liked it. It's not like they're having to get up at, you know, 4.30 in the morning, it's it's a reasonable time, but they typically are out of here by around noon and then have the rest of the day to focus in on their academics, have some time uh, away from here to recharge. Coaches-wise, it's pretty good. It's it's uh, it's a bear getting ready for the Tuesday morning practice, especially if you've had a late game the previous game. But after that, it's, uh, you know, it's nice and it makes our schedules a little bit earlier. We're probably up here typically earlier than we would have been on the other schedule, but uh, at times, get get home and get a chance for the staff to see their families as well. Depends on the day. Uh, early in the week, it's pretty early. Um, later in the week, as plans are in and things start to settle, uh, there is a little bit. It's not obviously physically, but there is a little bit of for the coaches as well, kind of building yourself back up to get ready for the game. So it, it, as the week goes on, you you find a few more hours of sleep in there. Lincoln, I want to ask you about Jaleel. Mm -hmm. I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, he's the only of your newcomers that didn't have a high school season last year. Yes, yes, yeah. I think so. So was there any rust for him, I mean, come, coming in, and how's that going? A ton. Honestly, um, he, had a, he had a tough summer. Um, you know, he, he, he didn't play, uh, and then he played an all-star game right before he came up here and had a pretty substantial hamstring injury coming in here, and so he was limited. Um, and so it, it, it was a, it was a tough summer for him. It, it was good for him. He needed it, uh, but wasn't in shape, wasn't healthy, 
he was one of the guys in the class that we had never met until the day he got here. I mean, so he had a lot of stuff working against him. But I give the kid a lot of credit. He's uh, he's done a nice job this camp. He's gotten himself in shape. Uh, he's a playmaker with the ball in his hands. He's made a lot of big plays so far in camp. He's still learning a lot and still certainly in the early stages. But there's there's a lot to like, a lot of bright spots. So we're, I think, you know, he's a guy that. You know, you could potentially see, obviously his career goes on, but even even within the season, I mean, he's going to get better and better. And I think the longer it goes on, the more he settles in, he'll have a, a real chance to contribute because he has some, you know, especially for a guy we never saw in person, you, you kind of say, what's this guy going to be like walking in the door? Um, and, you know, we've been excited by what we've seen so far in camp. Hey, Lincoln, you guys are a little more than a week into camp. Are there any players or position groups that have really stood out to you so far in camp? Oh, I mean, I, I don't think any position group as a whole has, has has stood out in a negative way. I mean, there's everybody has their days right now, um, and the days are certainly becoming more consistent. I mean, the I mean the depth on the defensive line is is impressive right now. I mean, it, it's it's you know we can roll several groups in there of of pretty darn good football players um, and a lot of young guys pushing for time there. So I mean that. That depth is really impressive. Um, you know, I think the the first group on the offensive line has has had a, a really solid camp so far, doing some really nice things. Um, I could say the same thing at linebacker. I mean, again, they just kind of roll guy after guy after guy after guy, and they're all good players um, and and provide a lot of depth. I, I I would say you know been excited about how the secondaries played. Really have. Um, I think there's. You know, there's kind of more new guys in the mix there, guys, you know, rotating, playing multiple positions. You're seeing, I think, a little bit more more steps towards kind of mastering our defense. And, and again, to me, one of the biggest indicators is a guy can move around and do all kinds of things. You know, that was such a benefit for us last year, uh, you know, when Trey Norwood was able to do that in the back half of the season. And I think right now we have multiple guys in our secondary that give us the ability to do that. And that's been certainly one of the bright spots. Yesterday, you guys ran a social media graphic with a pretty inspiring quote from Perrin Winfrey. Could you talk about his progression this offseason and just the leadership role he's taken up in the team? Yeah, you know, he's uh, he, he really has. He's come a long ways. He's, a, uh, he's probably, within the locker room, one of the more beloved members on the team. I mean, uh, he's just a... He's he's so for everybody in that in that room, and uh, the guys see that. He's got a passion for playing the game, and and, and works really really hard at it. Um, he's he's a he's a he's a fun guy to be around off the field. Always got a smile on his face. I mean, just very kind of very full of life. Um, and you it just he's, he's he just brings an energy when you're around him. And I think it doesn't matter who it is on the football team. I mean, he just a lot of people really have. have uh, Taken to the guy, and yeah, and then I mean, you, you see the intensity, the way he plays, and he's 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 you know started to he started to become willing to speak up, um, and that he's able to do that because of the work that he's putting in behind the scenes and the improvements that he's made in a lot of areas. So, you know, you love it when either side of the ball, you love it when one of your big guys and one of your you know kind of guys that you expect to set the tone physically, kind of mentally for the entire group, you love it when they talk. It's I mean, listen, great leaders can come from anywhere, obviously, any positions, but it, it just feels different when it's a big guy. It just does. I mean, it just 
it just feels different, and, and so he's done a, a really nice job of that. Do you like horror movies as much as he does? <laughs> no, 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 I don't. I'm not a big horror movie guy, but he uh, he keeps me up to date on them. Hey, Lincoln, the, uh, the first time you talked this preseason, you mentioned the transfers, how big of an impact they've had, and how it looks like they're going to have an impact on future recruiting classes and not sort of taking project players anymore. I know every year is different, but how do you foresee that looking sort of across the board? Is it less high school guys you sign? Is it, do you, do you talk to your coaches about, you know, less guys per position? How's that look in actuality for you guys? Um, in the end, not, not that it's our intent, but it, it certainly is going to be less high school guys signed. I mean, I think that's going to, that's going to be everywhere unless we, unless they change the rule on the 25 initials. I mean, that, that would obviously change things and we may be headed for that at some point. Cause again, I, you look a few years down the line, and I, I think we're going to be in better position than most people. But even there's some things down the line for us that make us nervous um, as far as the roster. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. But if it does stay at 25, no question, there's going to be less high school guys signed. I mean, no question. I think for us, it's it's become a, you know, we're in years past. If you, you know, let's say you're taking, you know, three corners in a class and you had two corners there at the end. You might, you might, you might go grab a guy uh, there at the end to throw him in to kind of hit your quota in a way. Whereas now, you know, we're if we're not darn sure about a guy, we're going to hold the spot and uh, and we're going to go get a great transfer. And again, kind of like we said before, even even before that, I mean, every again, if I was if I had a form right now with every high school recruit and parent in America. Just not having nothing to do with Oklahoma or any specific school. The one thing I would tell them is, you, you, we said it here the other day, you're competing against every other transfer in America, which right now that's in the thousands. And so it just, the game's changed and uh, people got to adapt with it. And, you know, and, and, and until, you know, until they change that 25 initial or if they do, but the, until that happens, it's going to continue to be less high school guys across the country. Troubles you guys had to go through to have a season last year. The officials had the same thing. Mm -hmm. They went through all kinds of stuff we never even think about. How did you think they ended up doing just as a group in terms of calling the games, communicating with you, getting all the stuff done that they normally do? I thought they did a tremendous job. No, you're right. It was it was hard on those guys. I mean, you think about you know one they're used to being able to travel around in the off season. I mean, they they they're competitors too. They get graded um, as well, and so. They want to perfect their craft. Those guys want to work championship games and bowl games and playoff games, and I mean it's a big deal. And uh, and our league's done a good job of making it extremely competitive. So no, nah, they were at a disadvantage a lot of ways. I mean, not being able to get out to work, not being able to work much together. Uh, the communication was definitely more difficult just with the masks. Um, they had more things that they had to enforce. Uh, you know, some new rules down the pipe. I mean, there was just. There's a lot, but no, I thought they did a great job. I really did. I mean, as a whole, um, you know, it, it, it obviously took a toll on everybody, uh, but I'd, I can't remember looking back and thinking that, you know, there was a huge drop off there, which I think is a credit to the guys in our league. Has Greg, has Greg Murch made it up yet to chat with you? He has. How did that go? It was great. No, it was good. It was saw, saw Greg uh, mm, probably two weeks ago, somewhere in that range. Uh, 
Yeah, he came up. He's 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 been really professional. I've loved dealing with him the entire time. I think the Big Twelve hit a home run when they when they hired him. Uh, he does a great job communicating with the coaches, you know, and he's he's not afraid to tell you when he thinks he's right or they're right, and he's not afraid to admit when he thinks they're wrong. And he does a really good job communicating process, and uh, has been very helpful and very responsive. Um, so, and and we had a great visit with him a few weeks ago. Yeah, you've seen your team for a week and a half now. I think it's pretty well documented. Not having spring last year, how much that hurt everyone across the country. Um, how much of a tangible difference can you gauge right now on just your team's progress uh, compared to last year? Every year is different, obviously. But yeah, no, there's a lot of things you can. I mean, you can tell we had spring ball. I mean, you, you definitely can. I mean, it's uh, we're. We're a lot further along, you know, for having that spring ball and then obviously not just having, a, you know, musical chairs of players in and out in practice. There's been a whole lot more consistency to it. So, yeah, certainly our team's a lot further along, but I would imagine everybody else in the country is too. So competitively, you know, still got to try to get the most out of it. Um, I like I like what we've done the first week and a half, uh, but we've, we've set some pretty clear sights on kind of this back half of camp starting with today that – you know, we, we've really got to take this time and make a big jump before we get into our mock game week. And, and uh, so it's, it's got to be attack mode all the way through. And uh, so far, you know, it's, it's been positive, but long ways to go. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Everyone have a great rest of your Tuesday. DeMarco Murray and the running back preview dropping tonight, so you'll have that in your feed tomorrow morning. Jamar Kane on Thursday and the Lincoln Riley Coaches Show on Friday. It's getting here, guys. It's getting here. Thanks for hanging out. See you tomorrow. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the Air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network.